Hello, welcome. You're listening to Feed, Play, Love, a bite-sized parenting podcast, a place you can find advice, understanding and support as you care for your small humans. I'm Siobhan Hunt. When I was pregnant both times, I suffered from terrible morning sickness. And as most women will tell you, it did not just happen in the morning. It was so bad that I couldn't think about ever falling pregnant again. It lasted for about four months. And by the time it was over, I was so glad it was over. And I could never get anyone to understand just how bad it is. But every woman has a different experience. Some women don't get morning sickness. Some get it for two weeks. Some poor souls get it for their entire pregnancy. To talk to us about morning sickness, I have David Adambrook on the line. He's an obstetrician and the co-author of Nine Months, The Essential Australian Guide to Pregnancy. Hi, David. How are you? I'm good. Why do some women get morning sickness and others don't? That's the million-dollar question. Um, If I knew that, I'd probably be a millionaire. But look, um, there are certainly some women who are prone to it. And if you are prone to it in one pregnancy, unfortunately, you're going to be prone to it again in future pregnancies. You may get lucky, and it may be not as severe or it may be more severe, but there are just some women who are just prone to it. And that's probably something to do with the mix of genes in the baby um, and the way that your body's responding to this foreign material. So is it the hormones that are making you sick? That's that's what I was going to say. There's definitely an association with higher levels of the pregnancy hormone. So the one that we test for in a urine dipstick called beta-HCG, or human chorionic gonadotrophin, uh, we know that people who have higher levels of that hormone are more likely to feel nausea in pregnancy. And that may be with things like twins. So that old wives' tale of if you get bad morning sickness, you may have twins. is actually true. Um, and certain types of pregnancy that uh, are not normal, such as a molar pregnancy, they're often associated with high levels and they get high levels of morning sickness as well. And what kind of pregnancy was that? I don't think I've heard that before. Uh, a molar pregnancy is a medical pregnancy where it, it's basically two sperm fertilise one egg. It's not a good thing to have, but it does have an association with extra levels of that hormone. Right. So... Um we're talking about myths. A lot of people will tell you if you're having morning sickness that it's a sign of a healthy pregnancy. Is that just a myth to make you feel better while you feel revolting? No, I think that's true as well. And I was actually going to mention that's another thing. When people get um, hyperemesis or you know severe nausea of pregnancy, I often do reassure them that that's a good sign that their, their pregnancy hormones are strong and that's a good sign that placenta is growing well. And there's definitely a proven association with nausea in pregnancy and reduced miscarriage risk. So that is something good that they can take away from it. And do you, as an obstetrician, know of any fail-safe natural remedies to stop morning sickness? No. <laughs> and, you know, I'd love to say ginger, but some people say it makes it worse. Um, so, no, I think you've just got to write it out. I know there's a lot of medical things we can give, and we work through a ladder of those. So there's at least six different agents that are routinely given, and we, we work up through the ones that are known to be safe up towards the ones which we think are safe, but we don't have 100% proof. And then as a last resort, we give medications which are known to have a very minor risk. But you know, anytime we end up needing to use medication, we have to, to balance that with the knowledge that we have in the literature. With um, I, I know for me personally, I found that I would feel sick unless I grazed all day. So I had to mm. eat dry biscuits and bits of 
cucumber and I got so tired of eating. Would there be any, do you know of any medical reason why grazing like that can help reduce nausea? I'd say it's because of less stretch on the stomach. That would be my guess because if you're not, if you're just having small meals frequently, it's probably going to put less uh, pressure on those sensors in your stomach, which initiate that reflex and having big meals less frequently. So that's usually the advice that I give to women if they're struggling to keep nutrition down is to have small amounts as often as they can rather than having those big meals. And you mentioned when morning sickness is really severe that you, you can give medication. What about, um, I think, was it the Duchess of Cambridge? I'm really bad with my royal watching, but one of them was hospitalised for their pregnancy. Um, mm. And, and I, I do know of friends who've had to go to hospital because their morning sickness was not only bad, but for the entire pregnancy. Yes. Is that quite rare, that condition? Um, so hyperemesis gravidarum is the medical term for severe morning sickness. And I guess the severe like, long-term hospitalizations are rare, but I certainly would have at least you know one woman at a time who is in that that spectrum that are having recurrent trips, and I tell them it's a revolving door policy. You know they're coming whenever they need it. The main triggers to going to hospital be dehydration, and um, there's a few triggers that we know clinically for that. So when the urine appears very concentrated, or when um, women are having dizzy spells. Uh, the other one would be severe uh, spectrum of loss of nutrition and 5% body weight seems to be the tipping point. If you lose more than 5% of your body weight, then, um, then you've got to watch it. Once you get to 10% body weight loss, then you're actually at danger of having malnutrition syndromes and then we need to consider giving nutrition through the vein in those severe cases. Wow. And can you think of any evolutionary reason why women have to suffer <laughs> from morning sickness? I think the theory has got to be avoiding things that are potentially harmful for babies. So it's just an exaggeration of your body's um, natural defense mechanisms to not try anything too fancy when when you're trying to protect a baby. Because you're just lying on the lounge groaning. Well, yeah, I think (laughs) you know how we all are told to avoid the deli meats and the crustaceans and the soft cheeses. I guess only being able to eat very plain things, it's probably safer in terms of those uh, exotic bugs. Oh, I see. That's a much more rational explanation. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's a complete theory, but um, I, I can't, I can't think of anything else off the top of my head why nature would have that in mind for us. Well, it's good to have a reason, David. Just mm. you know, something to hold on to. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for your time today, David. No problem, anytime. That's David Addenbrook. He's an obstetrician and the co-author of Nine Months, The Essential Australian Guide to Pregnancy. And we'll put links in the notes this episode for how you can get a copy of the book. Feed, Play, Love is a babyology podcast produced by Debbie Ning and presented by me, Siobhan Hunt. We'd love to hear from you. So if you'd like to get in touch, email us at feedplaylove at theparentbrand.com.au. See you next time.